Welcome, everybody, to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybel Inc. I am uh, here. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here once again with globetrotting Howard Tybel. Hello, Pete. Oh, it's good to hear from you again, Howard, like a, like a voice in the storm. I know. And uh, we have a very special guest. I'm so excited about our special guest. A warm place in my heart for our special guest, Kelly Fox, Senior Vice Chancellor and Chief Financial Officer from my alma mater, the heart of the Flatirons, University of Colorado at Boulder. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Kelly. How are you? Good. Thank How's, you for having me. How is Boulder today? Please tell me it's as fantastic as it's always been. It is as fantastic as it's always been. It's a beautiful day here today. <sighs> What's the temperature, Kelly? What are, what are we talking right now? You know, I think we're in the low 70s today with uh, bright blue skies, not a cloud in the sky. Uh, bright like... blue skies here in Boston. It's just snowing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it came close, though. <laughs> we are uh, we're continuing this, this sort of ongoing conversation that uh, that Howard and I have had for for uh, uh, some time now, and and it's an important one. Um, this idea of how we communicate financial uh, and non financial information, and and uh, the context of this conversation, um, Howard and Kelly are continuing this Nakubo sponsored series of presentations uh, with this very conversation at Wakubo coming up in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, Tuesday, May sixth. Uh, so if you're going to be in Las Vegas, well, if you're not, you should go to Las Vegas, and you should make sure that you go uh, in early May so that you can see this fantastic conversation. What we're interested in uh, here today, Kelly, is what your perspective is on how we change the way we talk about financial uh, information, the impact of, of complex financial information uh, with your various constituent audiences. And I know University of Colorado is in a very interesting space right now, and I and, uh, wonder if you could share some of those insights. Sure, I'd, I'd be happy to. I, I think we, we do need to do a better job of figuring out how to communicate with um, the public, with our internal audience, uh, with our board. And, and it's, it has to do with um, presenting information in a way that is meaningful. So, you know, you look at a, a spreadsheet and those numbers don't really tell you anything. And you, if you put that up as part of your presentation, people don't walk away saying, I understand exactly um, I understand exactly what this means to me and why this is important. And so we have tried to evolve our presentation style to be more simplistic, to be more to the point, and to really understand who it is that we're talking to when we're talking to them so that they have a takeaway um, with an understanding of the finances. I think this uh, this idea of simplicity is a is an interesting one, and particularly in an in an area that tends to be full of complexity. Uh, Howard, what is your sense in, when you look at this from the perspective of storytelling? Uh, what's your take on on this idea of simplicity? Well, you know that that's at the heart of what we're going to talk about is this idea that. Uh, in the end, you're telling a story to a specific audience, and one of the things we're really going to get into is a simplistic, or a, not simplistic, but a, a way of looking at this that will help your audience be connected to the the, the direction you're trying to go. I, I think that what we've done, and I think you know, Kelly and I have had conversations about this in advance, we often give too much information, and what that does is that degrades the overall message. And in the end, you likely have a overarching key message you want to deliver to that audience, whether it's the board or your cabinet or to your staff, and you need to start from that place and then have what are your fundamentally 
key points that you want to make uh, that support that message. And that's it. Uh, you know, so we're going to get into that along with this idea. And this came out in Sakubo, and I think we're going to talk about this too, Kelly, is this idea that we have to stop using jargon. Mm-hmm. And not and not just outside of our areas, but even within our own areas, use plain English. I, I know from talking to you, you, you consider that to be a very important thing to do. No, that, that's exactly right. I, I think the jargon is, is part of the problem with delivering the message. And, and so it's, it's, um, it's taking things like um, cost categories that have been around for years and turning it into plain English that is meaningful to everyone. So instead of talking about academic support and instruction, you talk about just, you know, these, these are the resources we use to educate students. And, and that makes sense. You know, what's interesting about this is it's very, it's, it's very much the case that you can use that language and everyone around the table understands it. But the downside is it doesn't get you into conversational ways of, of discussing an issue. It becomes more about sort of the mechanics. And I find when people speak in plain English, even within their own group, it creates more of a natural conversation the way we would have if we're outside of work. And I think that lends to a much better way of of making decisions if we can talk more like that with each other. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It becomes something of a positioning, of, a, of an asset to positioning your argument, right, or whatever your uh, your initiative is. Because, I, you know, if, if my sense is when you are communicating complex or even challenging data, your bottom line sort of objective is to inspire some sort of action, right? How does this, making this simpler, uh, jargon-free uh, message uh, apply to, uh, to inspiring people to take action on, on your behalf? You know, so so I'll, I have a thought about that. I'd love to hear your perspective of two on that, Kelly. You know, what's interesting about using plain English and and trying to see see I think what we forget sometimes is we forget that the message it's not about the message; it's about the action you're trying to produce in others. Even if we have a communication, here's a new policy. If we took one step further, the truth is what we want to do is to, is to make sure that people buy into the policy. But we don't do that very often. What we do is we focus on, here's the policy. And I think that the thing we want to, Kelly and I will be talking about, that I think is, a, is common sense but is easy to forget, is we have to focus more on what's the action we're trying to have happen as a result of this, not... Uh, let me share with you what I think is important. You know, you know. So I, I'd love your thoughts about that, Kelly. Yeah, no, I, I think that's exactly right. We've um, at the University of Colorado, we've been trying a bunch of different methods to engage in a conversation around the budget and finances and policies. Uh, the idea to, if you create a dialogue and people are engaged, as opposed to just being a talking head, um, delivering words. Um, we need people to understand where we are as a university. We need them to understand why it's important for us to change. We need for them to understand really where we stand financially in order for us to come together and move forward. And, and I'm finding that a more conversational small group settings as well as making use of technology to reach out um, have, have been effective. 
Kelly, I wonder, could you talk just a little bit more about how about the sort of communication infrastructure that you have uh, going for you at, at uh, CU? Uh, you know, how how do you work with uh, you know the, the executive, their leadership team, and in, in terms of getting the message out? What sort of support systems do you have in place to help spread your uh, spread the message that you uh, that you're talking about here? So we've. We've created what we're calling coffee and budget sessions with the leadership, and we um, we're making ourselves available. We're not uh, we're we're having sign-up sessions, and so it's limited to 25, 30 people at a time, and we we get a real dialogue going. Uh, we then also have um, electronic means of communicating, where we're um, sending updates through our our newsletter. And um, we're toying with, you know, how could we get into other space, um, social media-like, that helps get the word out as well. We have not done that successfully yet, though. Because that that actually becomes a, a different discussion, right? I mean, I think when when we talk about communicating financial information, you know, we're uh, the the natural assumption is you're presenting to some sort of an internal team. But it sounds like what you're talking about is is positioning uh, your discussion to a public audience. Well, actually both. Uh, so I, I, I feel like our internal audience, our internal um, employees and students need to have a better understanding of um, the university finances in much the same way that I feel uh, the public at large needs to have a better understanding. And, and I've, I've tried to uh, make use of some infographics and other things to help simplify uh, as I talk about it, I, you know, an example that I've um, talked with Howard about is just talking about the amount of state support that we get. And it's one thing to say, oh, we get uh, $55 million from the state. And that sounds like um, a, a pretty significant amount of money. You could then turn that and say, well, that really means we get about $3,000 per student. Or you could talk about how, you know, actually that's less than one penny of the tax dollars um, money that is paid into state revenues that comes to the university. And when you take it to that place, then suddenly people realize what portion of, of their funds are supporting the university, and it, it becomes much more meaningful. When you start having this question of, at what point is this state school no longer technically a state school? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think making it real like that is a discipline that some people do more naturally. And I, my sense, Kelly, is that this is something that you have uh, practiced and you've seen the benefit of. And my hope is that as people hear some of the strategies that you do at CU and some of the techniques that we can offer together, that they'll take back some of these ideas to their institution and start applying the simpler way of communicating both financial and non-financial information. So I'm very excited, I have to tell you, I, and, and I'm particularly excited about uh, finally meeting you face to face. This is one of those things. We have been, we have been doing the virtual planning, and, and it's been going fantastic. <laughs> well, we've had a couple of hiccups, but it uh, yeah. very well. I, uh, I really am looking forward to doing this with you as well. We've, we've had great conversations about a topic that I am very passionate about. Yeah, this exactly. is a it is a fantastic topic, and I think this is a, a, a you know going to be a, a wonderful pairing at at uh, at the Wakubo annual meeting. Again, that presentation is Tuesday, May sixth, the Wakubo annual meeting, Las Vegas, Nevada.
Your man Kelly and I are going to go out gambling, right, Kelly? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> if we could see a show. <laughs> That's right. Howard, thank you so much, as always, for your time yeah, and wisdom. Thank you, Pete. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us uh, to share a little bit and, and give us a little teaser about what's going to happen uh, at the big show. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want to find out more about the show, uh, head over to tybalink.com. You can subscribe to the show for free in iTunes. Make sure you don't miss a single episode. Until next week, well, this has been Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybalink.